listening to the New York Football Podcast with Tim McMaster and Dan Duggan. The offseason rolls along. We are entering kind of draft season already here on the New York Football Podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Dan Duggan, a reporter for the Giants here at The Athletic. Thanks for coming on and joining the show. And if you enjoy what you hear, give us a rating, give us five stars. It helps along the way. And of course, you can always subscribe to The Athletic. You can use our link to get a big 40% discount. That's theathletic.com slash the New York Football Podcast. And you can uh, save 40% off a subscription to The Athletic. Dan, you're down in Mobile, Alabama, which is the center of the football universe one week every year, and it is that week. It's the Senior Bowl. So we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about some of the coaching hires, some of the coaching rumors, and we'll dive into Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator as well. But let's start with the Senior Bowl. I'm not going to critique you on the uh, the talent that you're seeing down there because I know your focus is more on the Giants specifically and, and talking to people around the team and and the league and all of that. But that said, a year ago, the Senior Bowl was huge for this this franchise as a whole. It's where Dave Gettleman says he fell in love, I guess, with Daniel Jones, and that led to Jones being the number six pick. Um, That's probably not going to happen this year, though, right? (laughs) Yeah, full bloom love. Don't forget that. It was just love. Full bloom Um, love. Yeah, I mean, because, listen, last year they had the sixth pick, and so scouting Daniel Jones and the other quarterbacks in person was, like, vitally important. And if you remember, Gettleman actually stayed for the game, which it's kind of funny. That's, like, unheard of in, you know, Senior Bowl circuits. All the the big wigs go home because you can watch the game on film, but he wanted to be there in person to see Jones, you know, interact with his teammates and just his presence on the field. And obviously you can't really get that quite as well on film. Um, But, you know, they have the fourth pick this year. And it just isn't that same level of, you know, prospects here as it was a year ago. I mean, now, again, maybe if they're in the market for a quarterback, which I don't believe they are, you know, maybe like Justin Herbert would be the type of guy that, um, you know, they could fall in love with this year. But there really isn't any um, position player that is going to be in that range at at the fourth pick. So uh, I'm sure that, you know, it's an important week for them to get to know a guy who might be the 36th pick or a third round pick or a day three pick. Um, you know, I'm certainly not plugged in enough to the scouting world to tell you who those guys might be. I mean, you could you could play process elimination with you know what positions might be of need, but um, I would direct everyone to Dane Brugler, who like lives and breathes this stuff. I mean, this is this week is like his Super Bowl because you know he spends 365 days a year, um, you know, just consumed by all, all the prospects. So he's the guy to to point to look to to point out who's having a great week and everything like that. Like when I'm at practices. You know, I'm more networking, talking to agents, talking to people around the league, talking to Giants people. So I'm not sitting there charting the one-on-one reps between the O-line and the D-line. That is definitely more of uh, uh, Dane's wheelhouse. But, but yeah, so, I, I mean, the one thing the Giants have done the last three years is they've taken the Senior Bowl MVP. Um, I think that streak should come to an end. Um, <laughs> unless, the, you know, because usually that award goes to quarterbacks. So obviously, it went Davis Webb, Kyle Letta, and then Daniel Jones. Uh, I would think that they're not in the market for a quarterback this year. You never know. Maybe they take someone on, you know, day three or something to to keep that streak alive. But unless they give that award to a different position, uh, I think the the Senior Bowl MVP run will come to an end. It is interesting the Senior Bowl when it comes to quarterbacks because suddenly you grab these guys who for a week are thrown into an offense they've probably never been a part of, throwing to receivers uh, they've never thrown to, and it's just a, a different thing. You can see why if a guy like Daniel Jones fit in so well and looks so good in that environment, it would definitely uh, win you know 
front office staffs over, and it certainly did for Dave Gettleman. And, and to the Giants' credit, everybody criticized them then, but it looks like a, a pretty good pick right now when you look back on it. Um, so you mentioned it, you're, net, you're no networking, talking to people, all of that stuff. Um, is this a week that, as a reporter, you look forward to down there in Mobile, Alabama? I guess it's warmer than New York, if, if nothing else. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's really not. It was like 30 <laughs> degrees yesterday at practice. I mean, it's funny, though, because, you know, this is my first time covering the Senior Bowl. I've you know, covered the NFL for four years, but okay. just never really had a, a compelling reason to come to Mobile for a week in the middle of January. But uh, I asked one of the older reporters who's made this trip a lot, like, any tips, anything I need to know? And the, the best advice he gave me and the only advice he gave me was it's colder than you think. So luckily <laughs> I, I packed the winter coat because, yeah, it, there were some guys at practice yesterday who did not get that advice and were basically shivering for four hours. So. Um, yeah, Mo- Mobile in mid-January, probably not uh, a real popular vacation destination. Um, but, you yeah, know, it, it's, it's good to be down here because, you know, it's it's pretty much everyone in the league to an extent. And it's not as crazy as the Combine. Like, the Combine is, you know, like basically Super Bowl media crush. Like, every reporter's there. Um, you know, everybody's there. Though, you know, all the agents are there. All the coaching staffs, all the front offices are there. Here, it's a little bit more sporadic, like, not the full coaching staffs are here. Like for the Giants, the only coaches here are Joe Judge, Jason Garrett, and then Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator. I mean, they didn't bring uh, any of the other guys who have been, well, I guess unofficially hired. They haven't announced any of them, but, you know, they could still come down here in an unofficial capacity. But they didn't bring those guys. They didn't bring Thomas McGahee, the special teams coordinator, who ha- has been officially retained. Um, so this is really a big week for, like, front office folks because, I mean, these are the scouts that have been watching these guys all year. But for a guy like Dave Gettleman or Kevin Abrams, the assistant GM, it's probably the first time they're going to see a lot of these guys in person because, you know, granted, they have other duties during the fall and they're not getting to, you know, every college game, obviously. So um, big week for, for those guys. And, um, yeah, so for, for an NFL reporter, it's it's a good good place to be. Um, and like I said, it's a little better in some ways I've, I've found in the combine just because it's not quite as much of a circus in terms of just, you know, like you go to the, some of the, the popular night spots. That's a big part of this. It's uh, made my voice might sound a little raspy today. Um, <laughs> you know, someone's got to do it and put on the hard hat and, and go <laughs> taking to one for the team, and, Dan. Yeah. Um, but at the combine, there's a couple of bars that are just kind of notorious where you can't even move. It's like shoulder to shoulder. And um, it, I would, I was out last night. It wasn't quite as bad. So it's a little bit more easy to navigate down here. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, you know, the week is still young. So hopefully, um, we can, you know, come up with some little nuggets that, you know, I'll probably put something together at the end of the week to really just kind of en- encompass everything I picked up down here. But, um, it's definitely been a busy time. I'm sure we're going to get into the staff, uh, kind of hirings and reported hirings. So, I mean, it's, it's been a super productive week for Joe judge because I mean, he came down here with really a shell of a staff and, and he's really filling in a lot of the holes, you know, as we go. Yeah, let's get into some of that stuff and the coaches. More of the rumors and newer stuff, and then we'll we'll dig into Jason Garrett. That's obviously the big hire, the offensive coordinator, but but that was a little bit ago at this point. So um, let's start here, Dan, because this is just – it's a report. It's been out there. Um, Freddie Kitchens, um, which obviously immediately draws attention because of how badly things went, I think, in Cleveland. But that said – this isn't a head coaching position. So, you know, what do you know about Freddie Kitchens as far as the connection to the Giants and the possibility of this actually happening? Because it's, it's certainly not been widely reported. Um, and where would he fit in when you picture this staff? What kind of a role do you see for him? Right. Well, I mean, so Freddie Kitchens and Joe Judge go way back. I mean, Freddie Kitchens was a position coach um, at Mississippi State when Joe got his start as a GA. And I think, you know, a lot of Giants fans have probably heard the story that kind of circulated around the time Judge got hired where uh, Freddie Kitchens, you know, made uh, 
uh, Joe and another GA build a swing set for his kids, and it took like all week. I mean, he, he paid him for it, but it was a funny story, but just sort of the the toll of being a GA where you got to do all the grunt work, even outside of the office. But so um, they go way back, and, and, you know, Freddie's name was on the radar from the get-go. But then when you see, like, Jason Garrett get hired as offensive coordinator, you see uh, the name is escaping. I think it's Burton Burns is the running backs coach. I mean, those are some of the spots I think you would have pictured for Freddie. Um, the only real opening that would make some sense based on Freddie's background is tight end coach, which he'd done early in his career. But tight end coach is sort of, I mean, it's, you know, every position is important, let's just say. But it, that's a lower profile position. So it'd be kind of interesting to go from, you know, head coach one year to tight ends coach on a first year coach's staff. And, and it very well may play out that way because maybe Freddie's just a guy who just loves to coach and doesn't care and wants to, you know, get back in the game because he certainly could just sit on the sideline and collect a check from the Browns doing nothing this year. But he's a young guy, so maybe he doesn't want to do that. But uh, as far as where things stand with the Giants, you know, it's interesting because yesterday afternoon, like I said, his name had been out there. And I heard that that's probably going to work out in some way, like he'll, he'll join the Giants staff. But I also had heard that, you know, there's, he has another offer or another option, I should say. And nothing's probably going to get settled until after the Senior Bowl. But then, uh, you know, a reporter from AL.com who covers the SEC, you know, seems like pretty plugged in. It's not just some, you know, random guy um, reported that it's like, he said it's expected to be done, so it's still not finalized. Now, I've heard that, you know, that's probably, you know, it might end up being true. And, like, I hate parsing other reporters' reports because, again, if if they announce Freddie in a week, then that guy technically was right, but maybe technically he was wrong because I don't believe it's done, you know, right now. And, again, I think it very well may. Um, but it's it's not – I've heard it's, you know, it's not – it's definitely not done, you know, right now. So, um, if you know, I, I don't – you know, I don't know how it's going to play out um, again, because if he does join the staff, I mean, tight ends coach just doesn't really seem like, you know, what a former head coach would be looking to do. But again, maybe it beats not working at all. So I think we have to kind of pump the brakes on that one. Again, it very well, you know, may turn out to be true in a week. But as we sit here today and record this, uh, it's not true. So uh, but, you know, I can't rule it out because, again, they, they do have a, a history and, you know, judge has shown he's certainly leaning on that history as he fills out his staff and, um, you know, it. it, it pays to you know surround a guy you know with experience and you might laugh well you know freddie kitchen's one year as a head coach was a disaster in some ways he might have the best advice because he could really you know kind of warn him of some of the pitfalls that you know kind of caught up to him in his first year whereas a guy like jason garrett obviously has seen it all but he sort of had a pretty smooth operation whereas you know freddie definitely uh you know learned on the job and probably learned some hard lessons but yeah i don't I don't know how that one's going to shake out. I mean, again, I if you're asking me today, I think he probably does join the staff based on what I've heard, but I definitely don't think it's a slam dunk, and I, and I don't think it's as close to being done, and, you know, as was reported. Maybe Joe's going to make Freddie, you know, build him a swing set before he signs on the dotted line just uh, <laughs> as, as a payback for that. I don't know, but um, that would definitely be an interesting hire because, you know, Freddie's um, you know, got a big personality, and but I think, you know, he was – very highly thought of a year ago. So, like, I don't think your your track record just gets thrown out the window because you had one bad year as a head coach with a kind of a tough team to coach, and he probably just wasn't ready for that role. But it doesn't, you know, mitigate the fact that he was a good assistant coach to put himself in that position. So, if, hey, if he joins the staff, I think it's, you know, sort of a more the merrier. Joe knows his personality, so, you know, he'd be going in eyes wide open. So, um, it'll be interesting, though, if he does join the staff because it would be, you know, quite an eclectic group when you, you know, have a guy like Garrett who seems pretty straight-laced and Freddie's kind of – uh, seems a little, little, you know, fun, loving, eccentric type guy. And then we'll get into Brett Bielema. I mean, he's another guy who's kind of got a big personality. So it'd be kind of fun to see how all the, the personalities mesh together. 
Yeah, it certainly will. It's a fascinating staff. And um, yeah, we've seen plenty of examples over the years of of guys that aren't great head coaches, especially the first time around, but are very good coaches. And, and that's the importance here is get a lot of good coaches in here around Joe Judge, who you hope is that success in his first time as a head coach. All right, you mentioned Brett Bielema, and that's another name that kind of everybody recognizes, right? There's a lot of names and hires that people are like, oh, I, don't, I don't know who that is. But Brett Bielema, you know, head coach at Wisconsin, head coach at Arkansas, was was very successful in his time at Wisconsin. He spent the last couple of years in New England. So there's the obvious connection with Judge, right? How does he fit into the staff? You mentioned the personality is interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's another name that's kind of been out there from the jump. And I think initially there was talk about defensive coordinator. And I think, you know, that might not have been the most exciting spot, but um, the role I think he's going to fill, and it's not, again, it's not official. It's kind of funny. Like, it kind of goes back to Joe Judge's, like, core principles where, like, with players, he doesn't, like, want to put them in a box and say, like, this guy's this position. It's almost like he's doing that with his coaches. Like, he's hiring the guys, and then we'll kind of sort out the rest later because um, I've heard it's not D-line coach, which would have been the most obvious connection because that's what Bielema coached, uh, you know, last year in New England. But I think it's going to be sort of like an edge rusher position coach, which, you know, whether they're in a 4-3 or 3-4, I guess you call it the DN's coach, the outside linebacker's coach. But, I mean, the Giants had that last year with Mike Dawson coach, the outside linebacker. So I guess, you know, for now I'll call him the edge rusher coach. But I've also heard there might be some sort of additional title. Again, it's like all these titles are kind of funny. Like it was a big deal that Patrick Graham was assistant uh, head coach. Maybe Bielan will be assistant to the head coach or, you know, they can just add like little Dwight Schrute type titles to – to make them feel more important. Like, I don't know what other title would be out there besides assistant head coach to, to add a little something to it. But, um, you know, Bielema is an interesting one because, again, like you said, he was in New England, you know, with Judge, and, and Judge has clearly gone back to those New England ties. But it's funny, if you've watched that, I think it's called The Art of Coaching with, with Saban and Belichick and HBO, which was, you know, a great special and really, you know, got kind of unprecedented access to those two guys just kind of talking shop. One of the things Saban was like super passionate about was he's he's against his guys going out and getting a head job and then raiding his staff to then you know build up you know their new staff and Belichick agreed with that so anyone who leaves New England to join Joe Judge has got Belichick's blessing to do so which kind of almost gives you pause in a way like I mean listen maybe he wants to help out a young guy but Bill Belichick didn't get where he is by you know being the, the most uh, magnanimous guy in the league so I mean if he's willing to let Brett Bielema go um, you know that clearly tells you he feels like he can find a better D-line coach out there somewhere so again I don't you know I'm not saying it's a, a glaring red flag but it's just something to kind of keep in mind like oh he's Bill Belichick's endorsement to leave <laughs> you know so um, that that's a little bit interesting um, you know because I mean Bielema's resume as far as uh, what he did as a head coach I mean he's been in the Big Ten and the SEC I mean he's coached you know big time uh, football and certainly didn't have a ton of success in Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas fans were my mentions yesterday, really just like laughing at the hire. But I mean, he's again, he's not coming in here to be the head coach. He's not coming in here to be a coordinator. He's certainly a guy um, who knows football. So if you're if you're trusting a guy who's, with that experience to coach your edge rushers, I think you're in pretty good hands. Um, but again, another big personality. It'd be kind of fun to to see all these guys mesh. It could be like a complete disaster, or it could <laughs> just be like this the staff that really complements each other well. I mean, that's we just really don't know because even you know Joe Judge. Um, remains a, a pretty much blank slate at this point. We don't know what we're going to get from him as the the leader of all these different personalities, but he's certainly, you know, I think he's shown, you know, smart to bring in experienced guys who have been, you know, through different things that, you know, he's never encountered because he's never been a head coach. And I think it shows some confidence that he feels like, he, you know, he can manage all these different personalities because, you know, he's the guy in charge and, and he's going to run the show. 
Yeah, it'd be interesting to be a fly on the wall in some of these staff meetings, that's for sure. Um, all right, some other coaches, uh, Jerome Henderson, I guess defensive backs. Um, th- the other key one, I guess, that isn't decided is offensive line. You mentioned defensive line, but the O-line is is key on this Giants team where you hope this O-line can get better. Um, and it seems like now that the Browns are hiring Bill Callahan, it's down to two guys, Dave DeGuglielmo and Mark Colombo. Um, are you willing to jump out there and, and give us a, a pick on that, or do you think that they're still up in the air on how this shakes down with those guys? Well, I'll just say I thank you for having to tackle Dave's last name because he's going to be Dave <laughs> for me for the I, rest of the I hope I, mean, I got it right. One thing about Joe Judge, he's not super media-friendly with some of his hires. I mean, he's got the quarterback's coach, like Sholinsky or whatever his name is. I mean, yeah. he's not making it easy on us. Jeez. Um, so it's funny. I mean, again, sort of one of the benefits of you know being down here. I mean, you, you hear reports that they're interviewing Dave. Well, I mean, it was funny on my flight, uh, you know, it was an easy place to get to. I had to fly from LaGuardia to Houston and then connected from Houston uh, to get to Mobile. And so we're on this tiny little plane that has one seat on the left and two seats on the right. So I get on the plane, sitting two rows in front of me is Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, and Joe Judge. So, you know, I take my seat and then directly to my left is Dave. Again, I'm just going to call him Dave. Um and it was AD. funny. I don't think that they like travel down together or anything like that because it seemed like they didn't. It was like, oh hey, you're on this flight, you know what I mean? So I don't think they're like extending a really long interview from the weekend or something like that. But it just you know, it's a small world, and everyone who's coming to Mobile is wearing some sort of team logo on their windbreaker because that's you know that's how uh, these guys roll. But so that was funny. And then as we we're like on the flight, actually, a, a lot of the, the the news got broken that they were uh, they were meeting. So that, I didn't even know that as I'm sitting next to them. And then um, I'm at my restaurant. I'm in my my uh, hotel last night, and uh, there's a restaurant. And Jason Garrett and Dave are sitting down, you know, having dinner, having a beer. So whatever interview they did, you know, formerly during the day, take that for what it is. Maybe it's a good sign that they were still getting to know each other because um, you know Judge knows Dave from their time together in New England. Garrett has no connection to him. So I mean, I think it's important for the OC and the O line coach to you know be on the same page. That's a really important hire. So. Um, again, take that for what it's worth that they were, you know, dining together at the end of the day. So the interview had to go at least, you know, decently well. And, but at the same time, Mark Colombo, I believe is interviewing on Wednesday. And that's a guy who Garrett knows very well. He was on his staff in Dallas for a number of years and, and took over as the head offensive line coach the last two years. Um, so he, you know, maybe if it's up to Jason Garrett, he'd probably, you know, lean towards Colombo. Um, it's funny. You just call this guy by his first name, but Dave has an interesting resume. I think he's a, I think he's a very good coach and i think he burns out rather quickly because he has been in a lot of places for one year so um you know i don't know maybe colombo's personality might mesh a little better but um you know i think that if they bring in dave uh you know he's a guy who's been through new england another guy with kind of the, the sort of belichick stamp approval but also a guy belichick you know moved on from um so but I, again i think that's a, a huge hire i think those are you know definitely the two candidates sort of the danger of recording these podcasts it's such a uh, a time with news breaking we, we might know by the time this report, uh, podcast is you know, published uh, and then the other because the other guy I think a lot of Giants fans were kind of pining for is Bill Callahan and all the reports are he's going to Cleveland so that's a big hire for Kevin Stefanski as a, as a first-time head coach to to bring in such an established O-line coach and and you know again we had kind of bandied his name about because I mean he was really the, the biggest O-line coach on the market um, but as I didn't realize at the time, I mean, it looked like his his time in Dallas maybe didn't go that great at the end because, you know, Garrett pulled play calling away. And then there were some reports that other teams wanted to hire Callahan as an OC. So it would have been a, you know, a promotion and, and the Cowboys blocked those hires. So we didn't, you know, you didn't really know what ter- how the 
you know what terms that you know that ended there in Dallas but from Dallas reporters after it got announced that Callahan wasn't coming here they came out of the woodwork saying no there was no chance that he was coming once Garrett got the job you could cross the Giants <laughs> off the list so clearly Bill Callahan and Garrett did not end on good terms um so I guess you know the fact that people were kind of hoping for that to happen I guess that was really uh, a long shot it was, it was just not going to work out uh, and then I'll just touch real quick on uh, Jerome Henderson um, I mean that's an important hire too because um, you know, we saw how bad this defensive backfield has been for the last couple of years. And, you know, especially with so many young guys, you need to get a guy who's, a, you know, a great teacher, to use Joe Judge's word, that's going to get very old because he references it like every time he speaks. But, um, and he's got a, you know, he's got a resume that, you know, he's deserving of this role. I mean, he was on Garrett's staff in Dallas for a number of years. He spent the last couple of years in Atlanta. He's a guy who I think will have potentially like the passing game coordinator type title. He had that in Atlanta because, uh, Patrick Graham's, you know, forte is the front seven, D line, linebackers. So I think having a guy like Henderson to compliment him to really, you know, handle some of the, the back end coverages and concepts is, you know, is going to be important. Um, you know, I don't know a ton about Henderson beyond just, you know, reading his resume. I mean, Atlanta's secondary wasn't, you know, exactly the greatest in the league, but a lot of that is injuries and personnel and stuff like that. But again, he's an established guy and, you know, has connections to Garrett. So I'm sure he came recommended there. But I think, you know, O-line coach and, and defensive backs are probably the two most important hires. And uh, obviously they have the defensive backs guy, and it looks like you know, they're closing in on the O-line. Well, the stage is set not just for the Giants coaching staff, but also for the NFL and the Super Bowl. Don't miss out. Get in on all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. DraftKings Sportsbook is the place to get all of your big game bets in. Head to the app right now and check out all they have to offer, including countless prop bets and football squares. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe, secure, and reliable betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. And to top it all off, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering the best sign-up offer to date right now. You don't want to miss this one. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code QUICK. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget... Use the code QUICK and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Dan, let's move on to the biggest hire that they've made since we last talked, and that is Jason Garrett. Um, and, you know, this goes all the way back to before we heard that Joe Judge was going to be the head coach. The Giants had asked permission to talk to Garrett. We thought at that point for the head coaching job, he ends up joining the staff as offensive coordinator. You mentioned that they're hanging out together at the Senior Bowl this week, so more chance to kind of build up that relationship between two guys who didn't have that relationship. But listening to Garrett a little bit talking on, he was on the uh, the actual Giants website podcast and, and other things. Um, there was a, a fairly short phone call, 30 minutes between Judge and Garrett, and then a day-long visit. And at least on the outside, it seems like these two have hit it off pretty well, and, and maybe this is going to be a nice match. Yeah, and I mean, this is really an important hire because, um, you know, again, when they you know, hired Patrick Graham, that was a guy that Judge had been familiar with, but was, you know, like I said last week, I think when we were talking, he was equally as green, really, in his role. He had one year as defensive coordinator, um, so not the kind of gravitas who's going to be a super valuable sounding board as kind of, you know, navigating the trials and tribulations because every first-time head coach says you just can't prepare for what's going to come your way. You know, you're used to just 
coaching football. You're used to dealing with X's and O's. I mean, you got to deal with the players, but anything that big that goes on with the team, any sort of Janoris Jenkins tweeted what? Like that's the head coach's purview. He's got to deal with that. So you just you just can't you know you can't know what you're getting into until you go through it. So obviously a guy like Jason Garrett um, has been around the block and then some, especially coaching in Dallas. So um, very valuable to add that experience to the staff. Uh, you know, I think if Joe Judge had announced like, you know, Chad O'Shea or, you know, some other former New England guys as offense coordinator, I think people would have pretty nervous about sort of the inexperienced staff. And is he just going to kind of hire his buddies and, and, and just it'd be a lukewarm feeling. Now, listen, I don't know. I mean, Jason Garrett hasn't called plays in a number of years. So, I mean, his job is offensive coordinator. His job is to call plays because, again, we know Joe Judge is not going to do that. So, um, you know, how he does in that role is obviously be to be determined, but he certainly knows, you know, his way around, you know, offense, played quarterback in the NFL, uh, came up as a quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator, called plays for, for a few years as a head coach. So um, you would think he'll be able to do uh, a competent job in that department. But again, I just think he's a really valuable guy, um, you know, based on the level of experience. I think, it's, again, I think it shows sort of a, a level of self-confidence in, in judge because, in a way, if you really want to look at this, he might have just hired his replacement. You know, like it's it's a guy that if things go south, it's going to be very easy probably for John Mara to say, you know, in year two, year three, if they're just, you know, sputtering along, like mm, maybe it's time to move on and we got a guy in-house that we really like and, and give him a shot. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying like I would think that's a consideration if you're Joe Judge that you're, you're hiring a guy who has certainly a much more established resume than you. So, I think, again, I think that shows some security and some sort of – comfortable in his own skin um you know aspect because um you know again get, you know garrett is, is a far better known uh, commodity than joe judge and and one, one thing i think is out there that i don't put really much thought into is the idea that let's say the giants have a great year and daniel jones lights it up and the offense is awesome well jason garrett's going to be in demand let's get to that point i mean this is a team yeah. that's won 12 games in three years we're going to start worrying about they're going to have just such an abundance of success that their staff is going to get rated like let's get to that point i mean let's let's have daniel jones be so great that jason garrett is you know going to be coaching the, the atlanta falcons next year whoever you know like that's let's cross that bridge when we come to it from the giants let's get that good year under our belt and and we'll, we'll go from there because i mean i just feel like that's that's first world problems like oh we had so much success that everyone wanted our coordinator like that's that is not a problem this franchise has encountered. And it's funny because I, I remember when James Betcher got hired, that was sort of the, the sort of fear, like, oh, this is an up-and-coming guy. He ain't getting any head coaching interviews after the way <laughs> two years went. So, let's again, if you're a Giants, that would be a good problem to have. Um, but, no, I think it's it's a very important hire. Um, it, you know, it's, it's sort of a shotgun marriage where, like, they didn't know each other, but I, I think that's important. I, I mean, there's no way that, you know, Joe Judge knows every great football coach you know, that's available from his time in one place, you know, like it's great. New England has, um, you know, obviously has you know, a great breeding ground, but there's other good coaches out there. So I think it's a good thing that he's gone outside the family tree a little bit to hire guys, you know, like Garrett, like Jerome Henderson, because again, there's, there's good coaches all over. Um, that's what the interviews are for. You, you find out you're on the same page. Cause it was interesting with Garrett because, you know, I think we recorded last week, the day after he interviewed, and it took like 48 hours or so for him to accept. So you started to wonder if maybe it wasn't a good match, but it really sounds like Garrett just wanted to uh, take his time, think it through. Because, I mean, this is a, you know, it's a big move for him to, to go from being a head coach of the Dallas Cowboys to being a, a coordinator for a first-time head coach. But I think there's, you know, there's a lot of familiarity with the organization from his time here. I mean, documented how much John Mara uh, is a big fan of his and, he, you know, his mother still lives in New Jersey. So, I mean, there's a lot of appeal uh, in, in that respect. And he gets to go to a place where he's going to be the head coach of the offense because, again, Joe Judge is, is going to let his coordinators coordinate. 
so I'm sure that had some appeal and uh, it'll be really interesting to see you know sort of how that how that all comes together I mean at some point I'll, I'll kind of catch my breath maybe next week and, and dive into the X's and O's of kind of what to expect from a Jason Garrett offense just really haven't had a chance to do that yet but uh, I think just big picture it's it's a solid hire in the, in the sense that you got a very established respected coach who's going to be able to help Joe you know kind of navigate some of the the, the murky waters that are ahead because there's always going to be controversy. There's always going to be trouble. So, it, you know, it helps to have someone right down the hall. You can go, hey, what would you do in this situation? Because, again, there's no way Joe Judge can be prepared for everything that will come his way. I think on a competitive standpoint, too, for Garrett to stay in the division and be able to go head-to-head against the Cowboys now gives him a, a kind of a neat opportunity. I know he was there a long time in Dallas and probably has pretty good feelings overall, but it, it's always nice to uh, to get a chance at a little bit of revenge over the guys who, who let you go. Now, didn't fire him, of course, but let him go at the <laughs> end of his contract. You mentioned diving more into the X's and O's a little bit later, but just from a, a big picture standpoint of seeing the Cowboys play over all these years with Jason Garrett, I would assume that that's kind of what, I mean, he put that offensive in in Dallas when he was the offensive coordinator and it didn't really change that much over the years when he moved into the head coaching role. So is it safe to say that that Cowboys offense that liked to hit big passing plays and, and run the ball kind of with the power run game is the type of offense that we can expect with the Giants? Yeah, I mean, that's what I expect. I mean, because, yeah, like I said, they didn't change it drastically. I mean, he was still there. He was still overseeing it. They didn't right. just, you know, come in and bring some college guy to run, like, Cliff Kingsbury's offense. So, yeah, I think it'll look similar to that. But, um, you know, as Joe Judge has said and said very clearly, um, you know, he's going to not try and fit square pegs into round holes. So they're, they're going to fit the offense to the personnel they have. I mean, because um, it's, it's, you know, there's different skill sets. Ezekiel Elliott is a far different running back than Saquon Barkley. The offensive line that they had in Dallas is far different than the one they have in New York. Now, New York, the Giants are going to try to get to that point. That'd be great to you know land a couple all pros, but they don't have it now, so um, they might have to deviate a little bit from that Dallas plan because they just they don't have the same pieces. Uh, even wide receiver wise, I mean, the Dallas offense really took off every in the last couple of years after they had Amari Cooper, and before that they had Des Bryant for obviously a number of years. Uh, they don't have a guy like that. You know, they have you know kind of guys who are really operate best like sort of underneath or from the slot if you're talking Shepard and Tate and you know Slayton uh, maybe he you can grow into that type of number one receiver role I don't know I think the jury's out on that but they don't have a guy who's you know definitely this is our number one receiver who's going to make big plays down the field um, so they're probably gonna have to make some sort of adjustments but there's still something to work with here you know I mean I think that a lot of the frustrations the last two years was as brilliant as Saquon Barkley is and, and as you know his greatest stats as he's put up for the most part it never felt like he was fully unleashed to the you know the, the fullest extent of his abilities. So I think that's what uh, you'll be looking to see, um, you know, from Garrett. Can he get creative? And, that, and again, that's where we don't really know because I mean he's not he's he's the opposite of what you've been seeing. These like hotshot, you know, Joe Brady, who was like a coordinator for one year at LSU, but is you know going to reinvent the wheel when he when he comes to the NFL. And um, Garrett's the opposite. He you know he's been around for a long time and, and sort of had a system that he's run for a long time. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how much he, you know, he can adapt to fit to the skill sets of Barkley, to to fit to the skill sets of Daniel Jones. I mean, I think Daniel Jones, um, his his game kind of can can fit different schemes. I don't think that um, you have to worry too much about that. I mean, I know he sort of was in the kind of quick passing game at Duke, and Shermer's system was was pretty similar. But I think we've seen that Daniel Jones can get the ball down the field and can make the intermediate throws. I mean, he's not Patrick Mahomes with like a rocket arm, but the, his arm is good enough, and, and you know he's. He's smart enough. He's athletic enough. I think he can kind of, you know, fit into the, you know, the same system that Dak Prescott Prescott th- thrived in. 
I would think that you can kind of just run that same stuff with Daniel Jones, some of the zone read stuff. Maybe Jones, you know, uses his legs a little bit more, but um, than he did in Shermer's offense. But I, yeah, I don't think that'll be a a major a major hurdle. I think Jones is you know pretty adaptable. I think he's pretty smart, and I think he's pretty talented. So I, I think he'll be able to fit, and I think it'll just be really interesting to see um, how they you know kind of make adjustments again, going from a guy like Zeke, who's such a downhill runner, to Saquon, who's not. And and definitely he's gonna have to you know the O line coach gonna have to coach him up and they're gonna have to you know get some people in here because if they just try to run the Dallas offense with this offensive line I, I don't think you'll see the, the same type of success that they had in Dallas. One more thing um, relating to Garrett and that is the rumors that that hey maybe Jason Witten would want to come to the Giants along with Garrett, um, which to me Dan just seems insane. This is a guy who is a Cowboys legend. He has built himself as as just a a face of the franchise there in Dallas for all these years, even when he left and then he went back. Um, he's 37 years old. There's so many reasons that this doesn't make sense to me. So how does a rumor like that even start? Well, I think it was Chris Mortensen. So, I mean, it's, well, you know, again, it's, it's a not good sore, right? right? Yeah, not some random, you know, like blogging the Cowboys blogger throwing it out there. I mean, it's, it's a guy who's obviously plugged in. and But, yeah, it was it was sort of a – a soft rumor we'll call it because it kind of said like you know keep an eye on this or it could happen because you know it seems like maybe he won't be back in dallas and if he wants to keep playing i mean maybe you know maybe garrett can do the football world a favor and, and keep witten out of the booth or something but uh <laughs> i've i think i'm pretty well documented as sort of an ageist when it comes to football like the guy's gonna be 38 this offseason like and it's funny i was looking at stats like it didn't feel like he had a very good year but like he would have been the best tight end on the Giants. I mean, the 63 catches for 529 yards and four touchdowns, and that's sort of in line with what he did his last two years before uh, he stepped away to the boots. So, um, you know, he, he still might have a little in the tank, but I'm just I'm at a position where we've kind of seen where these player-coach-type hirings have not worked out very well for the Giants, whether it be Jonathan Stewart or Antoine Bethea. So, I mean, if you're going to bring Jason Witten in for like a minimum type contract and he's going to be your second or third tight end, I mean, I guess I don't like, have huge objections to that, but if the idea is we're going to give him like $5 million and expect him to be a starting tight end, I mean, I, I, I couldn't be on board with that. I mean, they, they have to figure out sort of, you know, what Evan Ingram's future is. And, you know, I think Caden Smith showed some promise, but, um, you know, again, you can't be all young guys, but I just think a, a team in their position should be, you know, at least tie goes to the young guy. So I'd rather see Caden Smith play a ton next year and maybe he develops into the next Jason Witten rather than trying to, you know, um, squeeze out one more year out of Jason Witten. Because, you know, again, I listen, everyone's going to cite the 49ers or the blue in the face that, hey, it can turn around that fast. I think the Giants are probably a year or two away from serious contenders. I think, you know, you'd like to see him take a big step next year. But I, is Jason Witten really the guy who's going to put this team over the top from being, you know, four and 12 to, and now they're 12 and four because they added Jason Witten. Like, I don't, I don't see that playing out that way. Who knows? So, I mean, I, again, I'm an ageist and he's going to be 38. I would rather see them find a young guy, develop Ingram, develop Smith. Um, and you can find a, a much probably cheaper veteran if you want to have a, you know, a veteran presence. But again, I mean, I don't know, maybe he just loves playing. He loves Jason Garrett. And he'd come here for, for short money. Um, but it just wouldn't make sense for me to like make any sort of investment and, and count on him. Cause at some point, you know, father time catches up with these guys and, a 38-year-old tight end seems like a guy who's really kind of on borrow time to even still be playing as effectively as he did this past season. He'd probably be healthier than Evan Engram. That would be the one the one Oof. thing about bringing Jason Witten in just because of all, yeah, all the injuries. All, games. <laughs> all right, I think that's going to do it for us. Anything else to add from down there in Mobile? I think we've pretty much covered it and caught people up on where the Giants are right now. 
Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I'll still be down here, um, you know, through Thursday. So there's practice on Wednesday afternoon, there's practice Thursday afternoon, there's uh, evening activities both times. I'm sure I'll, I'll stumble into some more news and, and hopefully, like I said, at the end of the week, maybe have something sort of comprehensive to to pull together on just little nuggets from here and there. But again, like, I mean, the sort of the coaching hires are coming fast and furious. So obviously, you kind of stay tuned to Twitter to uh, to stay up to speed on those and, and then, you know, hopefully get some time with uh, with Judge to to break down kind of where things stand with the staff at some point here. So, I mean, it'll, um, it should be a busy couple of days, but you know, I think it'll be uh, productive and I think we'll have some, some good stuff on the site by the end of the week. Yeah. And if you want more information on the players down there in mobile at the senior bowl, definitely check out the prospects to the pros podcast here at the athletic. That's Dane Brugler, Chris Burke, and Brian Broaddus is joining them this week. Um, and maybe a little bit longer as we get closer to the draft. So those guys love talking about these prospects and the information is incredible. So check out the prospects to the pros podcast right here at the athletic follow Dan on Twitter at D 21. We will be back with you. I think next week, um, no guarantees, but I'm pretty sure we'll be back next week get you ready for uh, the Super Bowl we'll have picks for that as well Dan nailed it in the AFC and NFC championship game so we can we can touch on that as well Uh, but thanks for joining us here on the New York football podcast